0: Glory to God, glory to God. This is Pastor Lionel again coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. And I have my co-host on the line with me, Ms. Elaine Riddick. And uh, we're just going live right now. All right, we're coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. This is the Holy Truth, the Truth radio broadcast. Uh, uh, And I'm coming on the line with you today with, with Ms. Elaine Riddick. Uh, and she's from the Rebecca Project. Uh, Sister Elaine, do you have anything you want to share with the people before we uh, get into a word of prayer and start the show? Uh, no, I can
1: wait.
0: <laughs> glory to God. Glory to God. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father God, we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. Father God, we give you all the praise. In the name of your son, Yeshua, we pray that you take this broadcast throughout the world, Lord, that you touch every ear, touch every heart, touch every mind, that they may be changed. In the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. And thank God. All right, y'all, this is the Whole Truth, Nothing But The Truth radio broadcast. And uh, once again, we're coming to you with nothing but the whole truth. Um, I told you that this year I was going to be coming to you... uh, uh the book of Psalms and I'll be coming out of the book of Psalms the the uh Psalms one fifteen. And and for those of you that know me, you know I pick a scripture at the beginning of the year and although we use different scriptures throughout the year, our theme is pretty much coming out of the out of that uh out of that scripture. So um so today we're in the uh we're in the uh Psalm 115, and, uh, and it describes, and it's describing how how uh, men are worshiping idol gods, and they're, they're worshiping the gods of this world, and they are comfortable, uh, you know, uh, worshiping the gods of this world, and, and they have completely replaced, you know, the Lord our God. And and uh and, and this year we'll be we'll be we'll be dealing with those subjects um uh throughout the year. Uh, today we have uh uh Elaine Riddick on the line and uh she's gonna let us know about the Rebecca Project and what's going on right now. And we had the show uh last week and we're continuing uh we're continuing the show uh this week. Um let us pray, the uh, Heavenly Father, for this issue that we are dealing with today. Lord, we're asking that you touch the hearts and minds of men, that Father God, that they understand that this is not a black issue, this is not a white issue, this is not something that that we have created or forced on the world or because of our unrighteousness. But, Father God, we are dealing with these situations in in this in, in God's time. And we're asking right now that you touch every young man, touch every young woman that are going through some things right now. Father God, we pray that you bring them into the, into the knowledge of your truth, that you heal, that you deliver, that you sanctify, and that you set them free. Father God, we give you all the honor. Lord God we give you all the glory Father God we give you all the praise in the name of your Son our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we pray amen and thank God all right and this the Lord is just laying on my heart to pray for the people out there that are hurting that are hurting because because you know as we as we share so many testimonies you know you don't know what people have been through <laughs> You you know, I remember something my mother used to say and they used to say it on the uh, radio station back in the day on WAOK. They used to say it every day. And uh they used to say that uh, that that I, I once cried because because I had no shoes <laughs> and and then I saw a man that had no feet. You know, there's always somebody out there. You think that you're going through something, but there's some people out there that have gone through more than what you can even imagine. So, my sister, talk to me. What's going on
1: today? I don't know, but I think that, you know, I think that today we should, you know, elaborate on our youth, and this is what the Rebecca Project drew
0: Mm -hmm. Okay,
1: let me tell you who the Rebecca Project is. The Rebecca Project for Justice is a transformational organization that advocates protecting life, dignity, and freedom for people in the United States and Africa. Mm -hmm. Now, I woke up, I said that because of our youth. We have, and because of the foster care program, that are housing children right here in Georgia in hotels. They are taking children all across the United States from hotel to hotel. And I think that something needs to be done, and that's where the Rebecca pocket comes in at. I would like to take some of these youth, if not all of them. I mean, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be, um, I know I can't take them all, but what I can do is I can house some of them. Mm -hmm. And again, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for a building. And right now, I understand today that this is what's going on with our youth, and we have to get out there, and we have to save them from all of these heinous crimes that we are looking at in America today and in Africa. You know, if there's no such thing where a child has to be housed in a hotel room for years and years. Mm-hmm. Do you know what to happen to those children? I mean, what, I mean these children are going from foster care, from hotel, foster care, foster care, hotel, hotel, hotel. You know, and this is what we need to do to save them because they're putting our children, it doesn't matter what color they are. You know they're putting them in there and then while they're under uh in foster care god knows what's going on with them so we have to find suitable housing for these youth and we have to have loving adults that would help to care for these youths you know we need to teach them trades and skills hands-on where they can go out there and become productive members of society see these children don't know how to uh, play the hand that, they're dealt, that they were dealt. You know, they don't know how to play that hand. God gave all of us a hand. He gave all of us, regardless of what conditions we were raised in or we live in, it's up to us to learn how to play that hand that God gave us. And a lot of us, the sad thing is that we throw that hand away and we don't even know what the outcome of that hand might have been.
0: Well, so I, I want I want I want to give a handout to uh, our foster care parents. You know, a lot of them, a lot of them make a lot of sacrifices and go through a lot of things to really help these children. Yeah, and some of them out there, we know that some of them out there in it just for the money. They don't care, you know. And uh, yeah. but but for the majority of them, you know, they have they have helped a lot of our children that have fallen in the system. And there's a lot of – I have to give hats off to the nonprofit organizations and to the churches that also participate uh, with foster care in different ways. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> I just want yeah. to give hats
1: off to Yeah, but you have to remember, too, that there are some good foster parents out there. And there are some bad ones out there that only take the child for the money. And yeah. and then you have to remember also that we have to look into the total foster care system because some of those people that are taking these children are pushing these kids out in the street and promoting uh, human trafficking, you know. So this is the part that we have to work on. I've with, seen times where foster
0: care. I read something somewhere where they were accusing the, the the Department of Family and Children's Services uh, across the nation, they were accusing some of them of participating in uh, in trafficking. trafficking.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, I was about to get to that. You know, we have to screen our social workers well, because a lot of them, too, are selling children into human trafficking. See, you know, uh, what is it, Um, children for sale, Tots for sale. Remember the doctor? I forgot where he was. How he was taking the children out of foster care and putting them in, and selling them into the prison system for profit. See, there's a lot of stuff, things that's going on that we are not conscious of because a lot of us don't want to read about this stuff because it's so comfortable to stay away from it not to read about it, don't want to hear about it, don't want to know about it. We just want to go on with our life as it is, like this stuff doesn't matter, and these things are not happening, but it does matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're talking about children's lives that have been uh, devastated, you know, when their parents, even parents are selling children into human trafficking. Little babies, you know, this has this got to be a conversation. You know, we have to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. When you sell a little two-year-old child into human trafficking for drugs or money, we have an issue here. Yes. You know, we have to stop being selfish. You know, and this is what, excuse me, this is what black people are the most selfish people there is in the world. We're the only ones that don't want to help, take care of our children. Why is that?
0: And our elderly. (laughs) <laughs> and our yeah.
1: elderly. Mm-hmm. As it is, they're talking about, you know, euthanizing the elderly. And and, and, and not only the elderly they want to euthanize, yeah. they want to euthanize our children.
0: Yeah.
1: Have you ever considered why more black children are becoming uh, homosexuals or bisexuals or, you know, whatever? Mm-hmm. Because this is the only life they are accustomed to. Something happened somewhere and we forgot about the extended family. We were raised, you know, our ancestors would take on all the children. You know, we were raised in extended families. So what happened here? What happened to our hearts? What happened? You know my grandmother took what well, had fifteen children living in a two bedroom house, all of her children's children and then their <laughs> children, and then some more amen
0: yeah you know
1: we they used to feed the whole neighborhood you know we're not gonna see they didn't see a child living in the street, but what happened here what happened here within the last two generations so, where nobody cares, it's not my problem. Yes, it is your problem. It is your problem because these are God's children. And if you throw them to the dogs and the wolves, look at what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, the government is coming in, changing their sex, gender, you know, saying it's okay for children to go to the drugstore and get birth control or get whatever they need the morning after pill we don't know how these things are going to affect that child because first of all it should only be um, distributed by a doctor you know and then on top of that you already have the MMR vaccines and you know I mean we don't know what they are inflicted giving our children so we have to step out and be concerned about what's going on at, with our children. Because as it is, our children are going wild because nobody cares. The foster care system don't even care, you know. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do?
0: Okay, we need to uh, to line up our, to line up ourselves with the word of God. To be caretakers and providers for those that are out there. I encourage people to get involved. You know, when when I saw the problem, when I saw that problem back in the 1980s, uh, you know, I thank God for Bishop Josiah and for his vision. You know, we started the we started one of the first group homes for boys ages 13 to 17 at that time. And uh, and from there, you know, we opened up the uh, first shelter for homeless women with children. Um, back in the day, we only had shelters for the children, we had shelters for the women, and then we had shelters for men. We, we were the first ones to create transitional housing where, where, the, where the children were allowed to stay with the mother and, and we brought them all through uh, through that situation of so, homelessness because it affected the children, too. I mean, they have to go to school every day. Uh, they have to deal with that, you know, and, and children can be very cruel, you know, and, and, uh, to each other as far as, you know, going through a situation like that. And, uh, and, and we pioneered a lot of that, a lot of what you see happening today it was uh, our ministry that pioneered those things. Okay, y'all, this is the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Radio broadcast. I have uh, Sister Elaine Riddick that's on the line, and uh, and and today she's talking about she's talking about our children, what we need to do to uh, to get our children back in line. And and look, let me tell y'all something. One person, you, as an individual. You can make a world of difference. I was telling you about my history, how we started the, the started the different group homes, different shelters, different programs, different projects that we started for for our youth. And it was effective because for each one that we reached, that, that youth reached someone else and it, and it continued to it continued to, to, to have a ripple effect. And and that's what you can do today. You you don't have to worry about starting big. You can do something small. You can take one child and make the difference in their life. So so Sister Lang, what? Okay, if you could speak to our youth right now, you can speak. Let let's say if you could speak to our young girls right now, what would you say to them at that point in this, in their lives today?
1: Well, first of all, I will give them an example of my life and how I came up and, you know, how I I played the hand that God gave me. We don't know how that hand is going to turn out or what it is in it, why God put this in your life, but he has put it there for a reason. So don't throw away your hand that God gave you. Go ahead on the plan. You know, I would tell them about you know, my my youth, how I was a victim of uh, rape and how I, from the rape, I became sterilized mm-hmm. by the United States government by eugenics. I would tell them my struggle of how I had to overcome that because to me, I mean, I know that there are worse things out there than what happened to me, but to me it couldn't have been, but there's nothing worse than the United States government having you sterilized and labeling you as being fever-minded, and you have to live this, and you have to wear this tag on your back. I would tell them, you know, how, you know, I never went into high school, you know, but yet and still, because I had the confidence in myself. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, and I would tell them how I went to college without ever getting out of the eighth grade. Glory to God. I would tell them what I had to do and how determined I was to make the devil out of a liar, meaning North mm-hmm. Carolina, since they labeled me as being favor-minded and saying that I would never be able to tie my shoes or I would never be able to be a good parent. I would tell them all the horrific things that I had to go through, how many times I was raped because mm-hmm of my fears. You know, and I would tell them how I got from point A to point B and if I could do this born to alcoholic parents and father being shell shot, seeing my mother being cut up, you know, abused and hatched and had acid thrown in her face and I saw this. I mean there's nothing nobody else can do to overcome what there is out there that's harming them. Sometimes those harms are, 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 are ways of walking through a door. You know, you have to take what God gave you and work with it. You know, I didn't have anybody, well, sort of not, had to have anybody to work with me. It's something that I had to do on my own because I had to develop a courage and I had to develop a heart to go out there and fight the system by myself. If I, can, if I could do that, everybody could do that. And I took what happened to me, and I went forward with it, and I challenged the government. Mm-hmm. And of course, and I won. You know, because mm-hmm. that even though they wanted me to be feeble-minded, I proved to them that I wasn't feeble-minded. You know, I've mm-hmm. been homeless. <laughs> and this is mm-hmm. where I get my courage from. To step out of the surroundings that are the hand that I was dealt and use it to benefit me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, all of us have can open up our mouth and ask for help.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know, mm-hmm. I would tell them there is nothing out there that they cannot do. All you have to do is develop some courage and faith in yourself and go on your own a uh, A uh, pastor, don't let nobody deter you from the path that God puts you on, no matter what conditions you're raised in. don't even do, don't even there's a fault in the road, and it's up to you to choose which way you want to go. And that's exactly what. When I got to that fault in the road, I didn't want to go over there. You know, I wanted to walk straight, I wanted to walk the straight line, and I took the right exit. You know, everybody can't do that. But see, this is what we have to teach our children. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a human being. Have faith in yourself. What do you like to do? What do you want to do? If this is what you want to do, go for it. Don't Mm -hmm. let nobody deter you from what you want to do because you don't have to be out there.
0: Well, Cynthia, Elaine, you know, it's incredible. It's incredible. You know your story and the things that you've been through, and now you know young people listen. Even though, even though, and I'm going to ask you to, 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 you know, tell your story in your own way. But even though all the things that Sister Elaine had been through in her life, she, she, instead of turning it to negative, she could have went to the streets. She could have. She could have. She could have went out there and did, uh, you know, did what a lot of people do: get into the street get into the game, do all kind of stuff like that. But instead, she made a conscious decision to 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 turn her life, you know, to not let the situation that happened to her destroy her life. And this is what we're trying to tell you today. If I look back at all the things that I've been through in my life, and I often look back. And all the things I've been through coming up a young male uh, by a single parent, uh, you know, looking at at all the events that I went through and all those things like that. But yet God still had a plan. You know, even out of all of that that I've been through, uh, all the wickedness I've done in my life, God turned that around to his advantage. And he can do the same thing with you. It's not too late. It's never too late. And, and if you're hearing this broadcast today, I'm asking you to 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 have a relationship with God, to turn your life around. I didn't say anything about you got to go to church, or you got to do this, or you got to do that. No, I said have a relationship with God, and from there He will direct you to the house of of the Lord to go to. He will direct you to the place that He wants you to minister. He will direct you to where He wants you to go alright John. this is the whole Truth, Nothing But the Truth radio broadcast. Okay, Sister Elaine, okay, what would you say? I asked you to speak to our young girls. Now, what would you say to our young men?
1: First uh, of all, young young I would men. tell them to pull up their pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I, I mean it, it's not a pretty sight. You know, you have to stand up straight and be a man. A man don't walk around with his pants down to his knees, you know. And what they're saying is that you're loose and you're free. And if you don't understand what I mean, loose and free, by walking around, people take it as you're inviting them to homosexuality. So you know mm. that's something that you need to look, consider and look into. And as soon as our guys start walking around with their pants down, that's an invitation that's an invitation and we don't want to invite men to just molest and rape our young boys. You know, I would say, go out there, get you a lawn job, mow lawns, you know, have confidence in yourself, see yourself as an individual and go from there. You know, you don't have to follow the Joneses because the Joneses is no. always going to have you disappointed.
0: But but Lane, that ain't no money for them. I mean, they can sit on the steps and make three hundred dollars in in two or three hours, uh, slanging crack. You know well, they're, they're looking at they're looking at the world as you know money rules their world.
1: Well, and, and here's the don't problem. no girl
0: want them? You know, don't mm-hmm. no girl want them if they broke? They ain't got no money. Don't no well, girl first of
1: all, we have to understand why they're putting crack in the black communities. You know that is one way of put keeping their foot on our neck by saying mm-hmm. this is all your work, baby. You're worth more than that. You don't have to sit on the steps selling drugs. You have to know the purpose of them putting crack in your neighborhood, so you will never be a man. Mm-hmm. So you would never amount to anything. And then on top of that, look what they're doing. They have you to kill your own people. Mm-hmm you know, by selling them the craft and the reaper and whatever it is that that you're doing. You know, they're using you to do their dirty work. It's just like they use black women to kill their own babies, you know, and they're using you to kill your own people. And that's a fact. Because if you're out there sitting on the steps, you can't go to work because you're making money. But that's blood money you're making and you need to stop. Stand up tall. Pull your pants up and be a man. Go out there and mow lawns. Go and cut down trees. Do asphalt. And when I was, and I mean, when I was a girl, I was out there uh, 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 locating water lines. You know, mm-hmm. I was out there doing asphalt. You know, and I learned skills. I was even washing windows. So if I can do this stuff, you can do it too. It's not hard work. It's beauty. I mean, it gave me confidence in myself because I did it. I became a customized painter, painted mansions by myself, you know, and you're a guy and you can't do that. That's good money. That's not blood money. That's good money. And not only does it make you, it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you a conscience. It make you feel like a man. It make you walk like a man, Mm -hmm. head straight up, because you earn good money, and you did not have to kill your own people to earn the money.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, in the early days when we started the SCLC Stop the Violence campaign, we went into the probation system. we went into the probation system up in the West End. And uh, and the first thing I did in my class was I put them in groups of threes, uh, you know, and they didn't know nothing about it. So when they came inside the class and sat down, I just paired them up, one, two, three, I just paired them up <laughs> in groups of threes. And I told them that, okay, y'all got to come up with a business idea. Y'all got to make, y'all got to create a business. Uh, so y'all can uh, make your own money. First thing one of them started saying is, that, oh, I got a job. I said, I didn't ask you that. I said, y'all got to start a business. Y'all three got to work together to start a business. That was one of the most successful classes I ever gave because those guys did outstanding. They came together. They came together. They came up with their idea. And, uh, and some of their ideas called for money. You know, so they you know they did what everybody else did. They got on the corner with the bottles of water or they or they you know they raised they did little different things to uh, as fundraisers hosting events or different things of that sort, but they raised the money, they started the business and and they had a high success rate and uh and and they they never thought that they were gonna go uh go on probation and come out you know with their own business come out with a higher standard okay so so this can be done in every church this can be done by every nonprofit. if we reach out into our communities to begin to be proactive instead of being reactive i never be reactive you never see me at the rallies when one of our children get killed or or some police shoot one of our people you never see me at those things because I refuse to be reactive. Everything I try to do, I try to do it in a proactive stance, meaning that we're gonna do something that's going to counter that, that's going to stop that. And uh and, and Elaine, that's that's what I admire about you, because you, you you are letting the people know that because you went through these situations it didn't stop your success in life. Okay. And young ladies, I want you to hear what she's saying that no matter what you've been through, you, you don't have to stay there. You can you can continue to rise. You can continue you can you can you can go to you can go to college, you can you can do the things that you need to do to be successful and you can start your own business. You can you can make you can make you know, right now the the most the most profitable person on the face of the earth right now. Is the black American woman okay? The black American woman. we are starting more new business uh, from that are created from black females, they're they're in more positions of of executive authority. They have done this. They have climbed this ladder by themselves. And this ain't no this ain't no uh, hate talk or anything like that uh, against the women. They did what they had to do. Okay, black men, we've been up there. We've been at the top. We've been we've been the president of this country. So you can't put down black men because we've been doing what we do, and I try to do what I do every day. And the same thing goes for each and every one of you. But our women, they have become the most successful entity of people on the face of the earth. All right, I'm going to kick it back to you.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. One hundred percent and uh, because I, I saw an article today i 'm going to send it to you where uh, black women have uh climbed to the top of the ladder, and uh, now white people are saying we, we we need to let them show us how to do it because we are on top. However, I also want to say that if you have a story to tell, whether a man or woman, you need to get in touch with somebody where you can start telling your stories, how you got to be where you're at.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: um, I am going to Central Illinois in June. Mind you, they have already, they paid me to come and talk. They have already paid me 2500 hours Just to come and talk mm-hmm. for five minutes mm-hmm. to tell my story, you know, five minutes. All they want me is for five minutes, and this is how I also make my money by going around the world telling my story.
0: Okay. I just
1: got back from London in September. I spoke in front of the Gotham Institute Gotham Institute of Eugenics. They paid me to come there to pay my way. You know, I go all around the country talking about my life. You know, you can take your story and you can benefit from it. But you have to be determined you have to be determined if you were sold in human trafficking there are human trafficking groups yes. that love to hear, hear your story
0: uh-huh.
1: you know so you know once you decide that this is what you want to do you know you will see some light you know and you would enjoy going and telling your story how no matter how bad it was well, it's about your experience, you know. So you need to take that hand that God gave you and make it work for you.
0: Amen.
1: Yeah, make it work for you. Um, also, what we need to do is we need to know where the I am dwell. You need to go inside of the throne room of your heart and hold sweet communions with the Lord. Once you open up that door, you know, all you're you carry carrying all your burdens through the door with you. The door is very narrow. But once you go through that door and you sit at the feet of God, when you go into the throne room of your heart and you release all the problems that you have, when you go back through that door that was so narrow, it's going to be wide open. Because Mm -hmm. the thing is with us is we don't know how to leave these issues with God. Some of us, when we go through the door, the door is narrow because we have so many burdens with us. We don't know how to leave the burdens with him, so we take the burdens back with us. Learn how to talk to him, hold communion with him, tell him your issues, and learn how to leave them there with him. Go into the throne room of your heart, and talk to him. And when you go back through that door, you can walk through it because you left them with him. The burdens have been removed, and you can see what direction you need to go into.
0: Amen, amen. Because too many times we run, we run right back and pick up those <laughs> and pick up those same things that we supposed to left there with the Lord, but we we'll exactly. run right back and pick them right back up. You know
1: exactly,
0: and, and 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 you know, and and that's why that's why you know we have to teach more about faith. You know, having faith in God. You know
1: exactly, exactly because when you go to Him, He's going to say, "My child, I know things are difficult for you." He's going to talk back to you, but you have to listen when He speaks to you. Sometimes we don't even want to listen. We don't want to hear what he has to say. We have an inner ear that he mm-hmm. whispers to us every day, 24-7. He says, sometimes when you're you at, you at work, take five minutes and sit along the roadside and talk to him. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to do that. We don't know how to do that.
0: See, because yeah, thinking, we we time, most, most of the time, most of the time, my sister, when when we when we're confronted with things that are of righteousness, when it comes to God, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the things that we're doing in our lives, we don't want to uh, we don't want to acknowledge, you know, the the sin that we're living in that 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 man that that uh, that that the lady is living with or or, or that. Or that that dope game or uh, game that that young man is involved in these things you have to separate that you know and and a lot of people you know they don't want to, they don't want to give up their life they're afraid to give up their life they're afraid to change
1: well that's that's part of our problems and that's why we're in the situations or predicaments that we're in mm-hmm. because we don't understand what we need to do in order to get away from what's killing us, and we need to get away from the devil,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because these things are hindering your success, you know. They're keeping you from going and being the person that, the original person that God intended mm-hmm. for you to be, because the devil makes things so easy for us, you know, and nothing in life is complicated. Nothing in life is complicated. Um, hello? Hey, I'm here. Yeah, my phone is about to die, you know, so, but anyway, uh, my story, again, is that I was uh, raped at 13. I had a baby at 14, and they sterilized me when they went inside of me by cesarean birth and took my baby. So while they had me gutted open like a hog, they sterilized me at the same time. So with that story... I took it and I had it, made it benefit. I went around the world, go around the world talking about what happened. And, you know, uh, you can do the same thing, you know. So, you know, like I say, you know, it kept my head over water because I gave myself the chance and I couldn't be scared, you know, to tell the truth because people didn't realize that our government was doing these things to black women, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, uh, telling and, my story.
0: And we're talking about we're talking about this went on for uh, for more than what forty years. How, how long this this? Uh,
1: well, you know, this, you know, you have to remember. Yeah, well, it took me over 50 years to be confident uh, government to recognize that what they did to me, they they wronged me. Because, like I said, I was before Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade came in 1973. Uh, I went forward with my story in 1971. The United States Mm -hmm. government said during that time that they did not violate my civil liberties. As a matter of fact, back then, black women didn't have no civil liberties. Right. You know, we we didn't even have it. So it it was okay for them to do that to us. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But it's not okay. God gave us, God said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth in his image. And he told the men that they should go out there and sweat by the bra of um, God and work to take care of the family.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, and they had to sweat to earn a living for his family, you know? And somewhere along the line, we forgot all this stuff that we were taught, you know, because of the government coming in saying, well, you know, black man is this, black women is this. And, you know, I want us to stop. I want- They
0: literally literally removed the black man as the head of the household uh, in order for you to get the welfare, in order for you to get the Section 8, in order for you to get the food stamp. You know, they they place these things on our culture with the intention uh, to break up our families, that our families could not survive. All these things that they were doing with the abortion clinic, it was so that we couldn't survive. All these things that have been happening to us, you know, the, with the GMO foods that target our DNA, all these things, this is real, Black America. These things are actually happening in your lifetime. And we're sitting here. We're on the radio week after week, and we're telling you to wake up. We're telling you to wake up. That this is not a game. They are literally, they are literally trying to 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 wipe us out,
1: to exterminate
0: us. Strange to you all, y'all may say it sounds a little silly, but when you when you weigh when you weigh, you know the truth. You're gonna find out that uh, Pastor Gannon ain't lying to you.
1: Thats right and and the thing is is now they're you know turning our kids. I mean, look at how many black kids all of a sudden have stopped turn gay you know now you they can go into a hospital and have a sex change without parental consent. I mean this is devastating
0: well well they made it they made it so tough now that, that even if you mention it or talk about it on the radio
1: that, that you know, they're, they're automatically shutting you down. Can, well, you can't broadcast. <laughs> well, because they don't want the public to know what they're doing. We're talking about eugenics. Everything mm-hmm. that happened to us and like the eugenics came out and apologized for their role that they played in uh, uh, holding black people down and sterilizing them and have, and they even talked about white supremacy, how they were responsible for the things that happened to black men just last week. Uh They apologized to us for their hands that they played. Because now they know for a fact that they can't run away from it and they can't hide it. You can't change your name because you did it. You did it. So they admitted to all the things that they've done, even from the beginning of slavery. They apologize for all of this, for the abortion. Mm -hmm. Get it out there. You know they apologize for lynchings. They said they did this to us,
0: Uh
1: and they apologize for it. And and and, you know, black people,
0: you all have to realize that the majority of deaths that affected you the most is not gang violence. It's not. It's not. Police violence is not any of those things. The the the, the greatest uh, where we lost the most lives at was through abortion, and 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 those numbers were very high.
1: Sixty million era. babies. Mm-hmm. I mean, black and white. Sixty million babies killed since nineteen seventy two. Sixty million babies. This is what we know. We're not talking about the ones that we don't know about. Sixty million babies. Do you know black people could have had their own army if they hadn't listened to these these eugenicists? We could have had that. What we're about, we don't have an army. No, you killed them. You killed your own army. Mm-hmm. You killed your own army. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And, and And here's the sad thing about it. If you listen to the Ten Commandments, and they say it's more, but I still abide by the Ten: Thou shalt not kill. They have you committing sins against your own children, that's going to these white right. supremacists and killing your own babies. That's murder. That's murder.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Um. Oh, can you give me a minute? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, that's murder. They had you born. They stopped lynching you on trees and start lynching the black woman's womb. That's mm-hmm. genocide. We're talking, everything we're talking about today is genocide. Mm-hmm. Even with the homeless black youth and youth out there in the street, it ain't even about color or race anymore. It's about class. If you're a poor white person, because that's who they first started sterilizing was poor white people. Margaret mm-hmm. Singer opened up her first clinic in Bethesda, Stuyvesant, which was sterilizing Jewish women and Polish women. Let me get my let me get my purse. They were sterilizing Polish and Jewish women, and then in the 30s and 40s they decided that they're going to bump it up some and they're going to start sterilizing black women They didn't stop until in the late 70s but and then they still didn't stop because they're still doing it today whether it's by food what they call that uh whether it's Indian, food Indian, whatever Indian. it is uh they call it um
0: American oh my American.
1: god Yeah, um, medical apartheid, but there's another word that they have for it, you know, and this is what they're doing, you know, they're killing us by enemies necessary, you know, they're killing poor white people by enemies necessary, they don't mind getting rid of a few white people to reach the majority of the black people, so if they kill a few of them, yeah, if if they kill a few of them, it doesn't matter. You know we're talking about eugenics and uh, uh, all the things that they're doing today. Mm-hmm.
0: Why not? <laughs> and so it's high time that we that we open up our eyes, that we wake up to realize that you know we're gonna have to stand and you're gonna have to change uh, what you're doing. All right, this is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast, and. Uh, I'm going to ask you to give your closing statement and we'll go ahead and close out here.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, again, hello. Again, oh, yeah. my name is Elaine Riddick, you know, and I am for the people. I am the president, CEO of the Rebecca Project for Justice. You can find me at www.rebeccaprojectjustice.org. My phone number is 770-354-0583. If you have any questions, you can reach me at this phone number or either please visit my website for more information.
0: All right, John, this is the whole Truth Nothing But the Truth radio broadcast. And we're coming to you live, and we're coming to you with nothing but the whole truth. Peace and
1: blessings.